The reading today is from 2 Corinthians 2, 14 to 17. But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession, and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one a fragrance from death to death, to the other a fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? For we are not, like so many, peddlers of God's word, but as men, as men of sincerity, as commissioned by God, in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Fred. Beautiful. Ooh, hello. Hey, everyone. How are you all? Good? Surviving out there? Brilliant try and get through this shopping so we can all just go jump in the ocean or something (laughs) now this is beautiful i love this passage of scripture 2 corinthians chapter 2 and i love what it communicates i don't know if you're somebody that um, imagines things or when someone speaks a word of something you're like thinking about it in your mind but um, through us god spreads the fragrance of knowledge to him wherever we go how amazing is that um, picture that wherever we go, if we let the Spirit of God, he can spread an aroma around us. And thank, hopefully it's a good aroma. <laughs> hopefully it smells good. Um, yeah, I just think that's a beautiful description of a life led by the Spirit. A life led by Christ and what Christ has done for us. So I'd love to yeah, contemplate that and the implications of that tonight um, with you. Um, but I want to start with a little bit about something about me, and this will make sense later. But from a young age, um, I always have loved art. Uh, my parents actually here tonight surprised me, which is beautiful. Um, and they'll attest to this, um, specifically the visual arts. Something that um, as a young child, I've always seen things in pictures and colours and, and whatever. One of my earliest memories is um, painting bright yellow paint on black poster paint on a piece of butcher's paper that was draped over a kindergarten fence. That's just my, my, one of my earliest memories in life. I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> um, and I just, I love colour, I love paint, I love visual communication. Um, and uh, if I probably wasn't doing what I am doing now with Joel, I probably be, would be like some weird, wacko artist living in Fremantle, building sculptures out of recycled objects, or maybe a weird like art, art teacher at high school or something. That would probably be my other um, way of uh, doing things. <laughs> but thankfully, I'm not in that place. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't know about you, but there's something about even walking through art galleries. I don't know if there's anybody out there that likes walking through art galleries um, and just looking at pieces of art uh, that are supposed to be communicating something to you. And sometimes you look at it and it's like, yeah, that's really beautiful. Other times you're walking through and you're like, what are they doing there? Um, And some people love that. Some people really don't like going through art galleries. And that's okay. I'm not trying to convince you to be somebody like me. Um, But I love the process of sitting in front of a big art piece. I don't get to do it very much anymore, but it's one of my favourite things to do is to go through the Cultural Centre in Northbridge um, and go through the art galleries by myself and just sit on a chair in front of a piece of art for about 10, 15 minutes. And I usually do it with art that I don't understand. I'll do it with a piece of art that looks really strange or makes me feel weird in my tummy and I'm just like, what is going on here? Um, But I think that art is supposed to do that. 
I'm not talking about like Bed Bath and Beyond art, like this beautiful protea that's been printed a thousand times. Um, I'm talking about art that captures our imagination, that captures something about our human experience. Um, and I think that any artist would tell you that making meaningful art takes a considerable amount of time. If you know any artists or you've seen somebody doing a painting or um, a piece of art, you will know that it takes time, it takes study, it takes immersion of the subject that you're trying to portray or the, the, the thing that you're trying to communicate. Often artists are probably viewed as a bit slightly weird because they've just been immersed in this experience for months on end. Um, but a few years back, uh, Joel and I went to America. Oh, those are the days when you can just travel places. Um, and we went to MoMA, and this was one of my like things on the list that I needed to do when I went to New York, um, was to go to the art gallery there. Um, and as I walked, I just remember, it's a very um, clear memory of mine, and one that I often think about, it's walking through many, many floors and doors um, into rooms with beautiful art. Um, and when I was in school, I used to um, study all these amazing artists in textbooks, and the pictures of the art would be like this big. Uh, and then you get to these art galleries and you get to see them in real life, and they overwhelm you. I don't know if anyone's been to an art gallery before and got emotional. I didn't expect it, but I was crying when I was standing in front of Monet. Um, and I think there's a beauty, but also there's things that, um, that art can do to us, which is pretty incredible. Um, but one of the things that I liked about going to MoMA was going to all the different abstract and um, art artists and watching what other people do when they walk past them or they see them. Some, they would just, just walk completely past some paintings. Um, because they just don't seem like that, that interesting. Other people would stand there and go, yeah, I think I could do that. <laughs> like Jackson Pollock, who's just like flicking paint all over the board, and they're like, yeah, I could do that. Um, or people would look there and just be like, this is art, what is this? Um, and there'd be so many different, um, I guess, reactions to that art. And I kind of love that about abstract art. Um, that these pieces aren't absorbed quickly. You can't grab the meaning from them or what the artist is trying to communicate by just you know, looking at it for three seconds and then moving on. You kind of have to sit there and look at it and reflect on it or read a bio from the artist or, um, yeah, try and immerse yourself in, in that piece before you can potentially grab any meaning from it. Um, and I think if done well, art should give us this depth of human experience that words fail to give. And I'm not going to stand up here and give an art talk. That's not what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> Um, but I actually, when I was thinking about this, I, the similarities for me of understanding like abstract art, or trying to anyway, uh, and communicating the gospel of grace, I think they overlap in a way, for me anyway. Maybe we'll go there. But you know, the grace and the amazing life, death and resurrection of Jesus, it's not something you can just look at and go, yeah, that's nice, and then move on to the next painting. It's something as Christians that we have this immersive experience with initially where God radically shifts our perception of who he is and what he's done for us. And then we spend the rest of our lives considering that thing that he's done for us. And it continues to play over. And hopefully it continues to transform the way we live, the way we think, the way that we love others. And I love that about Christ. I love that about being a Christian is that I can look at God's grace year after year can read the word of God and something brand new just turns on. Something incredible about Christ's nature shifts for me. Or I go through suffering or some sort of challenge 
and I see God's reality, his character at work in my life. And there's something incredibly beautiful about that. Um, and there are many people, though, like in art, that um, have unveiled eyes. Maybe they don't like abstract art. Maybe they don't like um, different artists. Maybe they're like, Picasso, who is he? Like, what is he about? Um, but then there's other people who adore abstract art. There's other people who see it and they're like, see the meaning behind it and they can unwrap it and they can talk about it. Just like that, some people have unveiled eyes to Christ. Some people can't see the wonder of who he is. They can't find the gospel easy to accept. They reduce Jesus. They view him as, they view themselves as capable without him. Uh, they can't see the beauty and the life-transforming power of the cross. Instead, they reject it um, or it repels them. But for those that have unveiled eyes, we can see the beauty of the cross, that we have access to the spirit of God that we are resurrected in our imagination, in our ability to look at other people and the way we view humanity, that all this happens through the beauty of the Spirit of God. And we can see the world differently through that lens. That just like art, grace moves us, it affects our emotions, or it should at least, I think. Grace should challenge us. Sometimes it should haunt us with its implications, inspire us to create something of it, and completely shatter the glass of our imagination. I don't know about you guys, but I believe that grace does that for me, and I believe that that's what grace should do that for our lives. But at times, I think it's difficult to see how God could use me or us to communicate this grace, to communicate the gospel, to share it with other people. His glorious grace. Sometimes I think about that and I'm like, I'm not up for that task. <laughs> You've chosen me. Like, and he chooses all of us together to communicate the beautiful, glorious grace that he has given us. Somehow he invites us to partner with him. And just like the master artist God imagined and spoke the world into existence, so he has created us in his image. And this is what I kind of want to go over tonight. That through the Holy Spirit, he has breathed new creation into us. And he is doing that on the regular if we allow him. And God wants us as a church, us as his people, to be people who communicate the grace that he has transformed in our lives. Not to stand up and, and teach and preach, but to change the way we live. To, to be an aroma like this passage is saying. That wherever we go, that if we allow God, that his aroma will fill and the knowledge of him will go to other people which is a beautiful, beautiful picture. So we're not to just partake in the life of Christ for ourselves, but to live our lives as an aroma for him. So in our church, we were very aware that from the get-go, we have seemed to got quite a few artists in our church. Visually, we've got lots of artists, we've got people who make music, we've got lots of creative people around. And I don't think this is, for, um, this is not for a reason, I think for some reason God has um, brought creatives and people that have a creative imagination or people that see things in a different way or communicate in a different way. But he's brought us together for a reason. And yes, I understand that not everybody in our church will be able to paint or be able to sing a song in key. I definitely can't do that. Um, but I, I do believe that God has uh, wired in us a certain way to think and a certain way to view him and view his grace. And that there's a compelling in us to share it with other people in a unique way. 
Um, And I want to encourage us in that tonight, that at baptism, we died with Christ and were resurrected into a new life. Does anybody believe that? That's what I believe, that as we died in baptism, as we left our old life behind under the water and we came up, the Bible says we are new creations, that yes, we are still flawed human beings, but through the Spirit, through being empowered by the Spirit, as we allow Him, that God wants to bring new creation out of us. You believe that? That God wants to actually use our lives. That's what the Bible says. That he wants to use our lives to bring this new creation, heaven on earth, through Jesus Christ, through his grace. He has enabled us to bring new creation around us. To be born again and spirit-led with a new imagination, a new expression of grace, which I think is beautiful. So let me take you back to 2 Corinthians. Verse 14 of chapter 2 says, But thanks be to God, who is in Christ always, leads us in triumphal procession, and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God, among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one, a fragrance from death to death, to the other, a fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? For we are not like so many peddlers of God's word, but as men of sincerity, as commissioned by God, in the sight of God we speak in Christ. There's a part in the middle of this passage which, when I was studying it, I was kind of taken back by the position that we're in right now as Christians in our time and in our day. That there's strange things going around. There's things that we haven't had to face before in a society. But I believe strongly right now is the time where the church is positioned to be uh, a voice in a different way to our community. That we don't live in a Christian society anymore. It's moving to, it has moved into a secular society. We're in this post-Christian phase and people have rejected the church and the church is dwindling and we all have heard that commentary But I believe that in these times, and like we were praying about anxiety and fear in our community, we have this beautiful opportunity as the church to communicate with a new creation imagination, with what Christ has come to bring to earth today. Not just when we die and go to heaven, but what Christ wants to bring from heaven into earth today, that we have, by the Spirit, the ability to communicate his grace to our world around us. And we as the church collectively together, I believe, are being called to use our gifts, the spiritual gifts that his spirit enables us with, to think differently, to not just create some cool marketing thing of how we can reach the world, but to genuinely think about the way we live our lives and how we can communicate God's grace in the way he's asked us to. We have been commissioned, like an artist is commissioned to paint a painting. They're given a brief. They're given some sort of idea of what they're called to, but then they're given some freedom and some abilities and they've been given the gifts that they already have. So there's freedom to create in the way that they're born to create. And I believe that God has gifted each of us with unique bents, with unique ways of expressing things, that through the word of God and applying the word of God, through being led by the spirit, not going off on our own tangents, and also being collective as the church, that we are forced to be reckoned with. That with Christ, with his spirit, we are a force to be reckoned with. And I want us to catch that tonight. In prayer, in what we do this week, in how we live this year, and how we bring that to God and how we ask him what he's asking of us. Joel shared a fortnight ago 
our purpose statement as C3 North Perth, to know Jesus and demonstrate his love together. That as we know Jesus, as we learn day by day who he is, what he means for our lives, as we stay close to him in prayer, as we seek his purpose and his will, he will present for us the ability to demonstrate his love together with others. Just like art should move us, grace should move us, inspire us, transform our imagination. But I want us to be clear here and to be aware that is, as it says in this passage, it's not going to be up to us to change somebody's heart. That we have to be aware that the aroma that we carry, it won't be for everybody. It won't be caught by everybody. And this is the clincher, I think, for our generation, for this time as human beings on earth. That to one, the fragrance that we carry will be like death to death. It will repel people. And we have to be okay with that. To others, it will be a fragrance from life to life. What this scripture is saying is that some people will have veiled eyes to the gospel. Some people will have an inability. They're stubborn. They're, they won't want to be moved. They won't want to be shaken. They won't want to receive the grace of God. But for others, they will be open. They will be ready. Their hearts will be soft and, and willing to see what God has for us. And it's not up to us as human beings to shift that. The word of God says that's God's responsibility. That's the Spirit's responsibility. But he has given us a responsibility to communicate this message, to share this aroma, to carry it around with us and be a fragrance wherever we go. And I think sometimes we have to be like some abstract artists. We were like, this is just what I do. This is how I paint. (laughs) And this is what God's given me. And this is how he's empowered me. And it's changed my life. It's radically upturned the way that I think. And it's not in an arrogant way, but it's in a way that's convicted and standing by what we believe in. And knowing that that same grace has shifted us. Because yes, we are in some strange times, but I do believe the church is positioned for people to hear this message and not just to reject it, but to receive it, to be dramatically, 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 Radically, um, dramatically changed by it. So how do we see this outworked in our lives? How do we become this kind of people? I hear you asking in your minds. There's a beautiful quote by an Old Testament scholar named Ellen Davis that says... Idolatry in every form is a distortion of the imagination, for it is through our imagination that God teaches us. When I say imagination, I don't mean indulgence in fantasies. I mean the mental and spiritual capacity that the biblical writers call the heart, the organ that alerts us to what God is doing in our lives or in the world. If our spiritual arteries get clogged, cluttered, with self-absorption or trivial concerns, then the Holy Spirit cannot reach us or reach other people through us. I think this is a pretty profound way to view it. When we get stuck in trivial concerns, 
when we get clogged up in our heart with what's going on around the world, with what fear is trying to do in our lives, with the practical needs of our day, when we get clogged up with these things, we are unable to hear what the Spirit is doing and unable to do what the Spirit is asking us to do. I'm reminded of the passage in in 2 Chronicles 7 where the word says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. I'm not up here to speak some new whiz-bang way of how to reach God. I'm here to remind you as my job, as mine and Joel's job as pastors is to remind you, the people, the church, to shepherd us in a way where we humble ourselves regularly, where we lay down our opinions that may differ from our neighbour, we pray and seek God's face, turn from our wicked ways, then God will hear from heaven, will forgive our sins and heal our land. Just as Joel shared last fortnight, we need God's grace. Every day we need him to deal with our hearts. The source of our communion with God is God's grace. When our hearts are sick, cluttered, clogged up, we are ineffective, we are ineffective to reach others. We need to allow his grace to form us, to transform our thinking, to form our identity. We need to do this every day. That his grace wants to shape our thinking and it's a beautiful thing. Is our internal or external commentary on the current state of things, is it louder than his grace? And how's our imagination going to God's new creation? God wants to speak his truths to us. God wants to reveal his plans to us. And it takes humbling ourselves, viewing his grace and allowing it to form who we are. Because then that's how we demonstrate his love to others. That's how we become an aroma that affects people around us. And how are we doing that together? Encouraging each other, praying for each other, challenging each other, collaborating with each other. In a lot of ways, as I watch Christianity changing or the landscape of how things are in our society in view of Christianity, I think our approach to mission and sharing it with others is shifting. We can't sit in our chairs here on a Sunday and expect flocks of people to come in the doors. And I don't think God ever anticipated that being our only method. But we have been given this beautiful gift of grace and we need to learn how to communicate it to others. Uh, Makoto Fujimura, beautiful name, is an artist uh, and a Christian, which is a good connection. Um, And he wrote this amazing book called Art and Faith. Uh, And he says, artists, after all, think with their hands and their fingertips, with their eyes and their ears, usually in ways they cannot articulate in words. 
Such somatic knowledge can lead a whole community to experience God in deeper, fuller ways, speaking into all senses and gifts of the congregation. So for a second, I just want to encourage anybody in this room that has some sort of creative bent, artistic imagination, whether it be in music or written form through creative writing or whether it be in um, poetry, in in song, in visual arts, in film, whatever it is, if that sits with you, what does grace sound like in your form of art? In lyrics, in poetry, in spoken word, in sermons, God wants to bring a creative imagination into that space. He wants to use his spirit to engage you in new ways of communicating the gospel. How can the grace of Christ be shared with those who need care and support? I think we need a creative imagination to do that. When people are disabled and or they can't hear or they can't actively communicate with people, I believe God wants to gift people in our congregation, in our church, with the ability to care for others in a unique and and creative way. How does it sound? How does it... How is it spoken? What words could be penned? I want us to think about this this week, that God has given us something to communicate. God has given us something to make and display. But he wants to communicate that through his spirit. In film, in storytelling, in abstraction, through our suffering, through the stories that we have. In persecution, despite the angst of the culture or the injustice around us, how is grace communicated in these ways? Let me remind you, Christ always leads us in triumphant procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. I want to read one more quote for you, which is a little bit of a long one, but I think it it hits the nail on the head. N.T. Wright says, Every act of love, gratitude and kindness, every work of art or music inspired by the love of God and delight in the beauty of his creation, every minute spent teaching a severely handicapped child to read or to walk, every act of care and nurture, of comfort and support, for one's fellow human beings and for the matter of one's fellow non-human creatures. And of course, every prayer or spirit-led teaching, every deed that spreads the gospel, builds up the church, embraces and embodies holiness rather than corruption and makes the name of Jesus honoured in the world. All of this will find its way through the resurrecting power of God into the new creation that God will one day make. That is the logic of the mission of God. God's recreation of his wonderful world, which began with the resurrection of Jesus and continues mysteriously as God's people live in the risen Christ and in the power of his spirit, means that what we do in Christ and by the spirit to the present world is not wasted. It will last all the way into God's new world. In fact, it will be enhanced there. And I already see this happening in our church and it's a beautiful thing. Earlier this year, we had a prayer retreat and there was a person on our team who was prayed for that they would um, 
or they could be already seeing pictures from God, just in prayer time or reading their Bible that they might be prone to seeing pictures of things. And they didn't know what to do with that. And it was prayed for over them that they would be bold and ask God for who that picture was for and to be able to communicate that to that person. And since that moment, I've heard stories from people sharing me of that person going and sharing and being diligent with what God's said to them. And that takes courage and it takes seeking God for those things. And that's obviously one unique way, but I believe that through that person's act of courage, that um, God is bringing uh, something fresh into people's lives that can't be done in this space or in a connect group or whatever it is. And so I'm not just saying that we all need to pick up our paintbrushes and um, get our cameras out and start doing more creative stuff. What I'm saying is that through prayer, through humbling ourselves on a daily basis, not just walking about our lives and, and getting on with things, but asking God through what he has given through his spirit, the gifts of his spirit, to ask individually and together as a group, what can I do this week? What can I do this year that he is asking of us? And I want us to position ourselves to God and ask him of those things, to not just wander around and fulfill a roster or come to a service once a week, go to dinner church. All those things are fantastic, but God is bringing our church together and he's wanting to breathe his spirit upon our church to be um, encouraging people to grow and foster the gifts that he has given to us. I don't know if anyone agrees with me, but I think that is something that we need to walk in together and encourage each other in together. So let me pray for us. Lord, we right now just pause and look to you, God, that you are the great artist, the great creator of mankind, of this world that we live in, Lord. And your word says that you created us in your image, Lord to be people who bring heaven to earth. Lord, where we are finding that hard and difficult or growing weary in it, we ask right now that you would enlarge our imagination. You would unclog our heart, the distractions that we place up without realising in front of you. Lord, we ask that you would humble us tonight, God, and you would breathe your spirit upon us your creative imagination upon us, Father, to see new creation, to see people in a different light, Lord, to look at others and to see what you see about them, Father, to look at the culture around us and be able to see it through eyes of faith, not eyes of fear, Father, that, Jesus, you would empower us right now by your spirit, Father, to encourage each other, to be people that build up the church, not tear it down, Lord God, to be people that speak life, not death, Lord Jesus. We thank you that we would truly be a church that carries the aroma of grace, Lord, that we would truly be a church that uh, isn't perceived in a negative light, but Jesus is perceived by you and through you, Jesus. We thank you that we would be able to effectively communicate the grace of the gospel, Lord God, through our words, through our actions, Lord, how we serve each other, how we gather over meals, how we uh, give gifts of generosity, how we speak encouragement over people, Lord God, how we treat each other in society, Lord God. We ask that you would inspire us by your spirit, God. And we ask, Lord, for those that have a creative bent in them, Father. We ask for a creative imagination to communicate your gospel in a new way, Lord God. 
We ask that you would do these things, Father. That it wouldn't be of our own will, Lord. But we would truly be commissioned by Christ, Lord. So we ask these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Uh, As Father Steve comes to share communion with us, I just want to read a little benediction moment, and I know it's in the middle of communion, but why not? (laughs) Let us remember that we are sons and daughters of God, the only true artists of the kingdom. We are God's heirs of this infinite land beyond the sea, where heaven will kiss earth. May we steward well what the Creator King has given us and accept God's invitation to sanctify our imagination and our creativity, even as we labour hard on this side of eternity. May our art, what we make, how we demonstrate your love, how we care for others, be multiplied in your new creation. May our poems and music, meals and conversations be acceptable offerings to you, God. As we come now to eat and drink at the table, let us be empowered by this meal to go into the world and create and to make and return to share what we have learned on this journey towards the new. Amen.